anybody who is thinking about giving your testimony, I would encourage you to do it. I thought I had told Greg before, I didn't think I had a testimony. And he kept telling me, yeah, you do, you do. So I signed up to do this, and God revealed it to me in the process of, of preparing for this. Um, I was born in Texas. I think I was born in a church. I don't remember ever not being in church on Sunday, even as a baby. Um, it was just something you did. However, the Lutheran church, I, I don't like to disparage any other religions, but they really did not talk much about saving and being saved and heaven and hell. There was more of a, a reading of the word and, and the pastor talking about it, but there wasn't, I did not get didn't get I didn't understand um, I was baptized as a baby and then at 13 I was confirmed and I didn't really understand that either but okay uh, so then around 14 my parents took me to a Billy Graham crusade and I got it I got it <laughs> I got it what Jesus had done for me I, I got it and so for a few weeks after that I was on this high kind of and then it began to fade out because I didn't really have any follow-up with it. Um, then at 15, I met a boy, fell in love, got pregnant. My parents made me give my baby up for adoption. Uh, I then went through 10 years of hating the whole world. I hated God. I hated everyone. I did anything. I didn't care. Drugs, alcohol, sex made no difference because my feeling was, who cares? They've already hurt me as bad as they can. Nobody can hurt me worse, and I don't care if I hurt others. Um, I then found a wonderful Christian therapist who helped me get through some of that, and I went into a 10-year period of super Christian, doing everything possible I could, I believe, to try to make up for what I had done and the people I had hurt. So even though in my mind I knew I was saved, Satan just was constantly, you, you can't really be saved. You did so much horrible stuff. You know, and I kept fighting him, but I didn't, I didn't get that peace. I didn't get that deep down peace I was looking for. Um, then after that, I moved to California, met my last husband, and we were very involved in the church. And it wasn't trying to be a super Christian. It was just trying to do God's will. And in 2004, we moved to Pleasanton. And in 2005, we joined a church, Lighthouse Baptist Church. And they had a discipleship program they went through. And through that program, the assistant pastor's wife led me to the point that I got it. I understood in my heart, my soul, in my mind, I got it. He loves me. He's never going to desert me. It doesn't matter what I do, and I mess up all the time. Um, I had recent issues with a homeless man I tried to help. I didn't handle it very Christian-like. I still stumble and fall all the time. In fact, I tell people, I don't fall off the wagon. I leap head first, arms out flung. <laughs> and, but God picks me up every time, and he's been there with me. He loves me, and that peace I was looking for, no matter what else goes on in this world, I've got that peace that he's watching over, and he's going to take care of me. And um, and as a side note, my daughter did track me down later, so I got her back again. He even gave her back to me. 
Um, so he's, I just, I can't encourage enough to do this because in the process we realize more and more what he has done. So thank you. All right. Uh, now it's time to welcome Pastor Larry back up to the pulpit. Everybody welcome Pastor Larry. Amen. Wow, what a beautiful testimony. Thank you, Ginger. Isn't it great to hear how God is working in the lives of the people? Man, that is so great. Testimonies. Testimonies. Amen. Amen. And um, yes, good morning, everybody. And uh, this is uh, the last Sunday of 2021. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But, uh, and that was a great uh, honor. Uh, thank you, Greg, for honoring Cynthia so well. <laughs> thank you, Cynthia, for all the work you do. We love you, and God bless you. <laughs> Amen. We have some prayer requests this morning. I want to pray for, uh, as we mentioned, Joe and Lupe have been very sick this week. So let's pray for Joe and Lupe. Also, my wife, uh, this, this day, uh, is her, uh, her late husband passed seven years ago today. So uh, this is kind of a difficult day for the family. So I want to pray for Tess. And uh, also, uh, Smitty's brother, uh, sorry, cousin, Michael, uh, who broke his neck a couple, few weeks ago. He's getting better. He's... On it, he's able to walk with a walker. So let's pray. Let's pray for these needs. Father, we want to pray right now for Lupe and Joe. And uh, Lord, uh, they've just been very ill this week. And we just pray you put your hand upon them, Lord. And, and just put your healing hand upon them and uh, bring them back to health, full health, Lord. Please minister by your spirit. Thank you, God. And pray for my wife, Tess, and, and family, Lord, daughters. And we just pray for the whole family, Lord, that your Holy Spirit just give them comfort and, and, and support one another as they meet together today. Give them strength and encouragement and, and uh, just be with them, Lord, by your Spirit. Thank you, God. We also pray for Smitty's cousin, Michael, uh, who fell, I think, uh, three weeks ago and broke his neck, but he's uh, on the mend. He's, he's on a walker now and getting better. Please continue to heal him and uh, you know, just give him, you know, little by little, just strengthen his legs, strengthen his body, Lord, and give him, bring him back to full health. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen this morning. So, Yes, so the last Sunday of 2021, this is important. It's important to remember that uh, we've been on a journey with God this year, haven't we? You know, God has had us on a journey. Here at uh, Calvary Baptist Church, we've had experiences uh, that God has given us experiences. We've got to remember the experiences, remember the road marks, remember that God has had us on a road trip, okay? And it's important to remember you know, where he's taken us, uh, experiences we've had, you know, what he's done, and who he is as he continues to guide us now into the new year. You know, we've had, there's been mountains on this journey, on this road trip, we've had up on the mountain, we've gone down in the valley, there's been highs and there's been lows. 
There's been joys and there's been sadness and grief. And we got to remember, this is a time of year to look back, kind of stand where we're at, and before we cross over into this new year, and, and think about think about what God has done. This year, God has brought us some new members. Uh, Mary, uh, Christian, has become a member with us this year. Uh, Brian Hack, if I have the, name, the last name correct, Brian, uh, he's been with us for a long time and serving here for a long time. But this year, this year he actually became a member. So we thank God for Brian. Uh, also, uh, Terry Bonham, <laughs> he renewed his membership. We embarrassed him there. Renewed his membership with us to, uh, this year. And then my wife, Tess, and myself as well uh, became members this year. And we're very thankful for that. Also, God has brought us some regular attenders this year. We think of Mama Brown who's been coming this year. We think of Smitty who's been coming this year. And he wants to give a special thank you to Brian for, for getting him here uh, every Sunday. Uh, so we're thankful for, uh, for those uh, that God has brought us. And then we have mixed emotions about those of us who have gone on to be with the Lord uh, this year. And there are many, and I'll mention them. We, we have mixed emotion in that we're, we're joyful that we know that we're Jesus, but we're sad and we're grieved because we miss them. Amen? And uh, we remember uh, these names, Charles uh, Ferraza, Shirley Connor, Marge Miller, Lucille Sheffield, Bill Merriam, Edith Gaines. Jack Bullock, and Lois Hoff. We're thankful for them. We're thankful for their lives. And uh, you know, we give them thanks. And we also thank, we give God thanks for them. We also are thankful for the ministry and the years of ministry of Pastor David Dean, who this year God called to Tennessee, a pastoring in Tennessee, uh, close to his father, close to other family members. We're thankful for his years and his contribution to Calvary Baptist Church. Amen? And what he has given to our church. David Dean, uh, Pastor Dean, brought us the, our website, uh, Cynthia told me. He's the one that, that, that created our website for Calvary Baptist and our online services. And we are very, very thankful for that. Of course, my wife Tess and I are so thankful for David because it was his uh, preaching and his Christian friendship that God used in a great way to help draw us to Calvary Baptist Church. And of course, it was David Dean that invited me uh, to come fill the pulpit for him, come fill the pulpit for him one Sunday and, and uh, blessed me with that opportunity. And of course, uh, we are so thankful now and honored that you have uh, allowed me at this time at this time of transition, to be your uh, interim pastor. And uh, so, again, I want to thank, you know, we're thankful for David Dean and his ministry and his contributions, and I'm personally very thankful for the opportunities that he provided to me. So then, God has had us on a road trip. He has had us on a road trip, just like he had the nation of Israel on a road trip for 40 years. 40-year road trip in the desert. We're going to read in just a moment. I'm going to, if you have a Bible, we're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 8 in just a moment. But God had them at the point where they were ready now 
to cross over to the promised land. Okay, as we're crossing over to this new year, God had them crossing over to a, a new place, the promised land, the land of Canaan. And at that time, Moses, who was leading the people of Israel, had them stop and reflect. He was giving them God's instructions and commands, but he wanted them to reflect upon the time that they'd been traveling on the road. He wanted them to remember what God had taken them through, remember what God had, um, was, was going to provide for them, remember uh, what God had done and who he was as he was preparing them to cross over. So if you have a Bible, uh, we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 20. It's a little bit lengthy, but uh, I'll try to read it quickly. <laughs> so if you'd like to stand with me, if you're able and willing, we'll stand. And this is the word of the Lord through Moses to the people of Israel and to us. And it says this. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord, your God, disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord, your, your God, walking in his ways and revering him. For the Lord, your God, is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, with land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat, and are satisfied when you build your fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna in the desert to eat something your fathers never knew, to humble you, to test you, that in the end, it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, well, my power and my strength and my hands have produced these wealth for me. But remember, 
the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and to confirm his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today, you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Amen. You may be seated. Kind of strong warning there at the end, isn't it? Amen. But life is a journey, isn't it? Life is a journey. And uh, if you're a believer in Christ, uh, it's a journey with God. God wants you to walk with Him, to walk in faith, and to walk on the road that He has for you to travel. A road trip with God. You know, my wife and I are watching a series called The Chosen. Anybody heard of that, The Chosen? It's about the life of Jesus and His disciples. And, and uh, right now, it's, it's kind of where we're watching it. It's showing that they were kind of always on the road. There was always, they were always moving. It, most people that met Jesus met him while he was moving somewhere, moving, traveling, going somewhere. And the scripture tells us that, 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 that we just read, it tells us that we are on a road trip with God and not to forget God on this road trip, but remember God on your road trip. That's our theme this morning. Remember God on your road trip. Keep Him in your thoughts. Walk with Him. There are lessons He wants you to learn. There are places He wants you to go. There are things He wants you to have. But you've got to remember Him. You've got to remember the Lord your God in your traveling on the road that He gives you. It's important to remember. Don't let His memory fade. Don't let his words fade. Don't let his lessons fade. There are three lessons this morning we're going to look at. Three lessons that God wants us to learn on, on the road with him. Okay? Lesson number one, let's begin, is to remember what he has taught you. Remember what he's taught you. Let's take a look again. Verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says just that. Moses said, saying to the nation of Israel, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way through the desert these 40 years. Remember. Remember how he led you through the desert. Remember how he led you through the wilderness. Remember how he led you through the hard times. You know, there's a purpose for it. What is the purpose? Why? Why does God lead us through hard times? You know, one, one, one saying, a famous saying is, is, is this. Hard times will either make you bitter or they'll make you better. Okay? It all depends on where you turn when the hard times hit. Will you turn away from God and create distance between yourself and God? Or... Will you turn to him? Bible says it this way. James chapter 4 verse 8. Draw near to God. God will draw near to you. Will it make you bitter or will it make you better? It all depends how you respond 
when the hard times hit. Don't forget God. Draw near to him. Remember the lessons. Remember what he's taught you. And don't, that, don't let those lessons fade. You know, there's companies that are, draw, that are coming up today. Volunteer companies of people that are called preservationists, that are called uh, ar 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 archivists, that their main mission, their main mission is to save the personal memories and personal histories that people have on their VHS tapes. Anybody got, remember VHS tapes, huh? VHS. VHS became popular in the 1980s, 1990s. But what they're finding now, these many years later, is that their VHS tapes don't last forever, <laughs> okay? There's a, <laughs> there's a magnetic property upon them that, uh, that wears out, okay? It starts to degrade. It starts to fade. And so, you know, they last typ uh, typically about 15 to 20 years. That's about the lifetime of a, of a VHS. Now, many people like myself don't realize this. And many people like myself still have a lot of VHS, right? But their mission is to preserve and to save these uh, memories on these tapes and put it in digital form so that it'll, so, so that it'll, it'll last. So here's the lesson. Do not, do not let the, the lessons God has taught you, don't let them fade. Okay? Don't let the, the memories, the lessons of what God has taught you during those hard times, don't let it fade. Put it in digital form. Let, let, go digital. All right? Go digital in your mind and your heart. Remember. The lessons God has taught you in those hard times. In particular, in particular, the lessons where he taught you humility. Let's take a look again. Where's it? We're in verse 2. It says this. I love this. This, this, is, this was a great encouragement to me in some hard times in my life. Just remembering this verse. Why, God? Why are you putting me through this? Verse 2. He put, middle of that verse, he put you through this in the desert for 40 years to humble you and to test you. All right? It says it right there. He's humbling you and he's testing you. God is testing you uh, to see what is in your heart. You know, humility is one of the greatest lessons for the Christian. It is the primary lesson. It's the class number one, 101. Christianity begins with humility. If you don't pass that class, you cannot move on to the other classes in God's school of personal character development. It all begins with humility. Having a humble heart. A, a Christian with a humble heart says to God, Lord, I, I need to be... I need to be taught. I'm ready to learn. I'm willing to submit and to grow. Uh, a, a person with a humble heart, a Christian with a humble heart has a realistic picture of you. You have a realistic picture of yourself if your heart is humble. A realistic picture of yourself and God and your de dependence upon him, your need for him, your need for God in your life, your need for his word in your life. And, and when your heart is humble with God, you're hungry for his word. You're hungry to be fed like, like the manna from heaven, like the bread from heaven, to be fed from his word. Let's take a look at verse 3. It says, he humbled you, causing you to be hungry, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers 
knew. See, God made them hungry on purpose. Yes, this was a lesson in discipline. To do what? To feed them until they could understand their dependence upon the Lord. Understand that to depend upon him, to trust in him as he tested them in their obedience. Tested them in his humility. You know, Jesus was tested. Jesus was tested in the wilderness, just like the Israelites. It wasn't, it wasn't for 40 years, but it was for 40 days. Uh-huh. You remember. After Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, the Holy Spirit led him where? Into the wilderness. To be what? To be tempted, to be tested by Satan. Matthew chapter 4. And Satan tested, and Jesus was hungry after these 40 days, just like the Israelites in the desert. He was hungry, and so Satan said, Ah, oh, this is how I'm going to tempt him. Satan appears to Jesus. He just says, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Ah, remember? What did Jesus say? He said, Jesus remembered God's word. And he said, for it, it is written, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, Jesus says, it is written. Where is it written? Ah, thank you, Casey. The scripture we just read, Jesus was quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 8. He knew the word of God. He used God's word. <laughs> he used God's word as a weapon. That it is. What does the Bible say? The word is a sword of the spirit. Now. Not only did he use it as a weapon, but the words that he remembered remind us that our walk with God, our spiritual walk with God doesn't consist of just trying to, to, to satisfy our physical needs. Man does not live by bread alone. Uh, our spiritual walk with God is a walk in the Spirit in the light of his word, feeding on the, the spiritual food of his word, and humbly submitting to the commands of his word. In humility. In humility. Jesus defeated Satan with the word of God. Remember, remember God by remembering his word. Remember his word. So our first lesson this morning. On our road trip with God is to remember what he taught you in particular. The lessons in humility. Number two. There is another lesson God wants us to learn on the ro our road trip with him. And that is this. Remember where he's taking you. T-A-K-I-N-G. I probably spelled that wrong when I gave it to you, Jacob. Where he's taking you. This is where you're going. Okay. Remember where he's taking you. Let's take a look. Verse 7 through 9. It says, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. A land with streams and pools of water flowing, uh, in the, in the, you know, flowing water from the hills and the valleys. And you're going to have wheat and vines and pomegranates, olive oil, honey, all these wonderful things. Look at it, what it says, verse 9. You're going to lack nothing. You're going to have your uh, rocks are of iron and 
you can get the copper out of the hills. You'll lack nothing. This is where he's taking you. These are not verses about the test of obedience. These are verses of the blessings of obedience. The blessings of obedience. Now, this was the generation of Israelites that were going to cross over to the promised land, the land of great natural resources, the land of milk and honey. And they were anticipating this. They were looking forward to this eagerly with high hopes. But Moses reminded them, these promises that you hear from me today are conditional. Don't take it for granted. These are conditional. These are based upon the condition of your obedience. You know, these are based upon the condition of your obedience. Look at, take, look at verse 1. Verse 1 tells you so. It says this, be careful, be careful, be careful to follow every command I've given you so that you may enter into that land. But if you don't, you won't. <laughs> okay. That's about it. It's a conditional promise. Now, when we look at these great promises, you know, all these material blessings, we can, we can think of these in spiritual terms for ourselves today. Whether it be physical blessings, whether it be spiritual blessings, it's all conditional. The condition is obedience to God. The key to God's blessing is obedience. Obedience, staying on the road that he wants you to be, and staying in the chariot. This is a lesson Charlton Heston, the late Charlton Heston learned when he was um, filming the, uh, starring in the Ben-Hur. Anybody remember Ben-Hur, the classic, classic movie? Charlton Heston, what was he, Moses? Who was Moses in that thing? I don't know. I can't, yeah, okay, thank you, love. <laughs> it's been a while. Charlton Heston had to do some special training in this movie because he had to know how to drive a chariot, and he wasn't very good at this, and the apparatus was not so good. He was kind of falling over. He couldn't, he couldn't even stay on this thing. So he kind of went over to the director and said, look. Director's name, William Wyler. He says, look, I can barely stay on this chariot, man. I can't wait. I can't even win. How can I win a race? I can't even stay on the chariot. The director told him, your job is to stay in the chariot. It's my job to make sure you win. <laughs> we got to stay on the chariot of obedience. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit's job to orchestrate the victories in our lives, the blessing in our lives. All we got to do is stay in the chariot. Make sure, make sure we're staying in the chariot of obedience. And God will give the victory. God will give the blessing. But it's conditional. It's conditional. And when you get there, and when he brings you there, remember to give him thanks. Remember to give him thanks. Look at this, verse 10. Verse 10. When you have eaten and when you're satisfied, do not forget, praise the Lord your God for the good land he gave you. Give him thanks. When, he, when, when, you, when he's giving you the blessing, both physical or spiritual, remember to praise him, remember to bless him, remember to thank him for what he's given you. Israel 
is getting ready to go in the promised land. We are getting ready to go into next year, 2022. Look at it with anticipation. Look at it with hope. Look at it with dreams. Look at it with goals. God is bringing us. God is bringing And then give him thanks. Give him thanks for what he gives you when you get there and what he gives you along the way. Recognize the blessings he gives you and give him thanks. Give him thanks for all of his blessings. Give him thanks for the roof over your head. Give him thanks for the food you eat. You know, any, there's that tree again. <laughs> anyway, anytime Jesus ate a, ate a meal in the Bible, he never ate it without giving thanks. See, that's our example, isn't it? Give him thanks in private. Give him thanks in public. Do you ever thank God at, when you're out at a restaurant? You know, if you do, that's a good witness. That's a witness to the public. Give him thanks for his blessings. Why? Why? Somebody might say, somebody might say, why should I give thanks? I, I earned this. You know, I work for this. I, this is my, I earned the money. Why am I giving God thanks? Well, maybe verse 17 and 18 will help us a little bit on that. <laughs> Let's take a look. 17 and 18. You may say, you may say, my power, huh? my strength of hand produced the wealth for me. huh? But remember, it's the Lord your God. He's the one to give you ability to, make, to, to produce wealth. And this is not necessarily talking about great wealth. It might just be enough wealth to put food on your table. But God gave you that ability. He gave you the strength. He gave you the ability to have an income. That's why we give him thanks. That's why we give him thanks. God gives us some. And here's the thing. When you, when you receive the blessings, do not forget your responsibility to, to, for those do not, that do not have. When you have, when God has given you, don't forget your responsibility to those that don't have. Apostle Paul, Galatians chapter 2, was talking about when him and Barnabas were accepted into the church. They were accepted by uh, Peter, James, and John. Paul says they were the pillars of the church. Galatians 2, he says they gave us a right hand of fellowship. And they only asked us one thing. Galatians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, they only asked us one thing. What was that? He said, they asked us to continue to remember the poor. The poor. Remember the poor. He said, I was so happy. That's exactly what I was planning to do. So when you receive the blessings God has given you, do not forget the poor. Remember the poor. Remember those that do not have. So then, on your road trip with God, where he's taking you, remember to stay in the chariot of obedience. Remember to recognize the blessings that he gives you. And then, not only that, but remember what he's taught you. And then third and finally, remember what he's given you. Remember what he's given you. Let's take a look. 11 to 14. Verse 11 to 14 says this. It says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe the commands that I'm giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and you're satisfied, when you build your houses and you're all settled down, you're a nice little house, 
And you got your herds and you got your silver and your gold and you got your multi multiplying. Then you say to yourself, verse 14, look at what I did. My heart. Uh, you become proud and you forget the Lord your God you, who brought you. Don't forget the God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. See, God had made them free. Don't forget the God that freed you. Here in the United States of America, we are a free people. We live in a free country. Let us not forget those who have paid the price for our freedom. My wife Tess and I had an opportunity this week to have lunch, blessed to have lunch with Jody's Sunday school class, co-ed seven, uh, several members of the class. Um, and Frank and Joyce uh, Tester were kind enough to, to give us a ride to the, to the restaurant. And in that ride, Frank was telling me the story of his father. Frank's father died in World War II when Frank was just 15 months old. He's now buried in Belgium. And uh, not only is Frank's, did Frank's father died, but his two brother died, brothers died as well. They were in separate countries when they died, am I correct, Frank? But now they are buried together in Belgium. The three brothers. And there's a book written about them and about other brothers who have died in World War II and are buried together. It's called Brothers in Arms. And Frank informed me that his father and his two brothers are the only ones in the history of our, our, our country, the warfare, that are buried, three brothers buried right together there. Three years ago, Frank was able to go visit for the first time his father's gravesite in Belgium, along with his two uncles' gravesite. But it's important to remember. It's important to remember. Those who have paid the price for our freedom. They, they paid the ultimate price. And remember, remembering helps us not to become arrogant. Remembering helps us not to become complacent. Remembering helps us not to be full of ourselves. Amen. Listen to what Moses says. Listen to what Moses says. Verse 19, let's take a look. It says this, If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, other gods, and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today, you will surely be destroyed. Listen, he says this, you know, when you get in there, when you get in the promised land, don't be seduced by being so satisfied and secure, because you know what? Satisfaction and security can be, uh, 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 can cause amnesia. Did you know that? It can cause amnesia about God. Because we're, you're, you're forgetting that everything you had comes from the hand of God. Satisfaction and security can cause arrogance and conceit. You might go in and you might say, well, look what I did. All the things I accomplished just by myself. Mm. Satisfaction and security, if it's not accompanied by remembering God, if, if you're forgetting God in your satisfaction and security, it can lead you down the road away from God, down the road to death and destruction. 
We've got to remember the Lord on our road trip. We've got to remember and not to, I just read it here. It said, don't, don't bow down when you get into Canaan. Don't bow down to their false gods and their false idols. Because if you do, it's going to be God's judgment upon you. You know what? We've got plenty of false idols and false gods today, don't we? They might not be statues that we bow down to. They not might be figures that we make. But they're things that we can devote our lives to to follow that lead us away from the road that God wants us. You know, there's only two roads. In, ultimately, there's only two roads. There's a road to life and the peace and the road to death and destruction. We've got to remember God on our road trip. You know, we're all sinners. We know that. We're all sinners and we're all rebellious by nature. We're, we're like sheep that have gone astray, each and every one of us. We're not free from sin. We're not. But there's one who purchased our freedom with his body and with his blood upon the cross. And every time we partake of the Lord's Supper, Jesus says, do this in what? Remembrance. Amen? Amen. Remember me. Remember me. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember God on your road trip. Remember he who paid the price for your sin. Remember he who died on the rose from, rose from the dead for your sin. Remember he who is the way. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There are only two roads. Uh, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. The road that follows Jesus is the road to life. And Jesus is, amen, that life. He is that life. Remember God in your road trip. It's Christ. In Christ, remember what God has given you. Remember what God has given you. In Christ, he's given you freedom. In Christ, he's given you life. Not only uh, abundant life, but eternal life. Remember God in your road trip. Remember the lessons on the journey. On the journey. Remember what, what he's taught you. The hard times that he's put you through. To cause you, to humble you, to turn to his word. And then digitize those memories, right? Digitize them. <laughs> Make them stick. Don't, don't, don't let them be those VHS tapes. Don't let them fade away. Don't let them degrade. Remember, second. Remember where he's taking you. And when you get those blessings, when you get those blessings, you know, stay in the chariot of obedience so he can bless you. So he can bless you and recognize when he does bless you. Recognize the blessing you, you have. Recognize it, the blessings he gives you along the way. And then third and finally, remember what he's given you. Don't forget the price that's been paid. Don't forget the sacrifice that has been made, the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, those that have paid the ultimate price for our country and our freedom. Jesus, who paid the ultimate price for our sin to free us from destruction. 
God gives you that life if you follow him. Remembering is important. Remembering is important. Remember the lessons of the past. Remember, remember to look forward to the future. And remember the love God shows you in providing you the way, the road to follow him. Remember God on your road trip. Will you walk with him? Will you walk with him on your road trip? Father God, thank you for, for providing the way. Lord, life is a journey. We understand and recognize that. Help us to remember. Help us to remember you, Lord, in all that we go through. Help us to remember the, the things that you teach us, Lord, and how you humble us and remember to give thanks and, and not to forget the poor. Lord, help us to, re, to give you the thanks, Lord, when we get there and, and on the way recognizing how you bless us. Thank you most of all, Lord, for Jesus. Because it's only through Jesus we can come to you. Thank you, Jesus, for your, the price that you paid, your body and blood upon the cross. We worship you. We submit to you. And we ask you to help us to, to, to be consistent and not get off the road and stay on the road you want us following you, Jesus, all of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.